Hello and welcome to What Will We Watch, where we watch our favorite childhood films that we've yet to revisit as adults and discuss our memory of them. And today, we are discussing A Bug's Life. Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film. For the colony and for oppressed bugs everywhere! Hello there, girly bug. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Your butt off. A bug's life. Joining me today is filmmaker Hope Hatch. And uh, Hope Hatch, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. You are a uh, you're a terrific person to talk about movies with. You're just a fun person to shoot the shit with. And uh, it's great to have you. Hell yeah, thank you. And you the same. Now, I know something that you are incredibly passionate about Bug's Life. Yeah, almost maybe like too much so, but yeah, definitely passionate. So much so that when I asked you to be on the show, uh, Jade <laughs> said, I think she's going to pick Bugs Life. And then <laughs> it took you about a week to figure out what movie you wanted to do, and it was Bugs Life. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I had like a, uh, I guess like a contentious uh, choice pattern, if you will. I don't know. I was just like really like trying to engage with all the movies even though i knew it was going to be bug's life all along i just like, really <laughs> had to just like get there through my own trials and tribulations it's the bachelor you know they always say that right <laughs> when the man exits the limo they know who they're gonna pick but you need that you need that 52 episodes <laughs> how many episodes is that, how many episodes is in the bachelor no i think it's like 23 but you oh my need gosh the, okay but you need Still that out. many dates to figure out if you want to spend your life with it and Bugs Life, Bugs Life gets the rose. <laughs> Bugs uh, Life gets the rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, just um, what, like, in your life, you're, uh, you're a really talented director. You make some really awesome short films. Uh, and you're also a really good production designer. Um, what, like, what's your relationship to movies and TV? Um, I guess, like, serial. I don't know. Like, I think it's. It's based on like relationships with other people. I think like oh, if someone has like an enjoyment in something and they would like to share that with me, it's usually not like off the cuff. Like I don't think that the peers that I have are just going to be like, I don't know. It was good. You should watch it. Like they're going to recommend something that is like really good and, and like maybe valuable, but they yeah. have an excitement of it that gets me excited to watch it almost through the lens of like, so my good friend Malcolm McDonald has recommended a few things and I really like watching stuff that he recommends because I think about him maybe when I'm watching them. Um, but that or just that, like I think as much as people like you're a cinephile, would you classify yourself as a cinephile, Will? No, I'd class myself as like a movie dork. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. I feel like that's almost like on par, but I mean, it I'm is. not it's either. It's really just different words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. So like, I yeah, I definitely think I'm someone who watches like the same movies over and over and over and over again and knows them like quite intimately yeah. um, rather than having like this breadth of films or TV that I've watched. And then you kind of use your, or not use, but you kind of explore films through your relationships with people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think like um, I'm, I'm pretty selective when I choose to watch something with someone, but I mm -hmm. think that's maybe just to do like the nature. Like I don't want someone's uh, I, I want someone's opinion in the correct way to influence my feeling of a film, but I want to enjoy something with someone. Like I want to be able to experience it and then later discuss like, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Like, Oh, like I didn't catch that. Or like, Oh, here's all the things I caught. Like, I really like that. Like after discussion, um, but like just getting super, super nitty gritty about like 
fewer films. I think so. That's really cool. That's like a way of like communicating with someone through like a shared experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I really like, there's not a lot about like watching something on my own that I get that excited about. (laughs) There's like, like like, I look next to me and it's just like the couch. I look next to me and there's just like my dog and I'm just like, cool, 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 cool. Do we like it? Nice, nice, nice. nice, I think there's two types of people. I think there's the people who, uh, like you get enjoyment and kind of get to bond with people through art and through their tastes. And mm-hmm. then there's other people, usually the more annoying people, who like to turn people on to stuff. And yeah. that's how they communicate through art is by, like, imparting that knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably that kind of person. It's the more <laughs> annoying human being. <laughs> but I think I think also, like, there could be a factor of me being like, anyway, so did you want to watch this together? And, like, someone's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to watch that. And you're like, yeah, okay. Oh, and it's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, what, uh, it was, was there anyone, you come from a really big family. Was there anyone in your family that, uh, that got you into watching movies or was it like a friend or? I think, um, I think maybe it's like the opposite. It's like, what movies did I watch or could I watch? Like I was, uh, I grew up like my, my parents are super Christian. And so I grew up watching like veggie tales. Like that's mm. a staple in the house, like veggie tales. Now that's um, like a secretly Christian movie, right? Cause I remember wanting to watch them as a kid and my mom being like, you know oh. what those are. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I love hearing about, um, people wanting to watch animated vegetables talking about Christianity and not really knowing that that's what it was, but we knew fully, but it was that this it was like this fun thing that we could watch. Um, we know all the songs and stuff, but basically we could, we could watch like Disney, um, and, and veggie tales. Or, this is from my memory. We weren't allowed things that like involved, um, like cards or toys as a part of a franchise. Like yeah. that was like a, not really, except for like Disney also like super is, but it's, I think it's more sublim- subliminal in the idea that there are toys involved in yeah. uh, being a part of a franchise. But like, yeah. Uh, but I would say like my dad, uh, like thing he would, he, he got us like watch like war movies and stuff like save it, saving private Ryan was like one. Um, but as, that as far as a like, weird <laughs> connection to a bug's life. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. So yeah, oh, I love he, that. Your your dad got you watching war, war war movies. Yeah, I think that's something that I could say that we had done in the past, like a couple of war movies he had on VHS for sure. Um, but I think it's likely the age of the internet soaring into its current existence that has gotten me into like probably my own tastes, which is just like independence through what I am able to like what I watch now. Yeah, what are yeah. things that you watch a lot now? Um, like, well, what are movies that you find yourself uh, re- returning to? Oh, I love like um, Denny Villeneuve and yeah. uh, and like uh, Midsummer, like that, like his his directing style as well. Just sort of, like Ari super Aster. like, yeah, um, psychological thrillers. Yeah. Love those, and that's probably because it's like quite literally the opposite of like Pixar, <laughs> <laughs> but in like in a way that like still respects probably the fact that I didn't have like any gore growing up. Like um, my dad would play Half Life. Do you remember that video game? Yeah. Um, it was like a yeah first person shooter. Um, and if my dad was playing and like the monitor was visible, my mom would make him turn off just the blood. And like that was enough for her to be like, okay, like the kids can be around when you're playing it. <laughs> like oh, wow. it's like turn off turn off the blood effect, which you could do in the settings. Yeah. Um, and that was enough for us to be like sort of like on that level of like like floating, you know? Yeah. Your um, your mom was like the ratings board with Marvel where they're like, hey, you can show cities being toppled, just no bloody noses. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. My mom, uh, yeah, my mom was she was really anti violence. 
And then, mm. um, and then at one point she just stopped caring. She had four kids, so she just stopped caring. And, uh, and so we were playing like Grand Theft Auto at an insanely young age and uh, just watching super gory movies. And that's what I get. That's what I really like now is like mm. the ultra gore. Wow. Yeah. And you're the youngest of four then, or yeah. you're the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. So being the eldest of six, I have the opposite experience where like, I'll go over and my sibling, like uh, myself and the youngest. So we're like on the ends, yeah. uh, we're 12 years apart. Um, and so now I go over and I'm like, excuse me right now. Um, during quarantine there, um, during quarantine, they're watching all of the Harry Potter movies. And I distinctly remember my mother at some point saying, we will not be watching Harry Potter because that is witchcraft. And I just now see this like complete, like, oh yeah, you're probably right. Like at this point she's like giving up, like there's different priorities in having like six children. And she's just like, we're going to watch Harry Potter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, where was that when I was like 10 or whatever? Okay. Uh, I, I want to get into Bugs Life, but really quick, I yeah. want to talk because you're the first person I've been able to talk to about this because <laughs> I just recently kind of thought about it. I was listening to um, to this interview and this woman was saying that she didn't want to watch Harry Potter till she could watch it with her kids. And what I find interesting about Harry Potter is that it ages with its audience. So if you were to watch it as when, when we were young, maybe not you, cause you know what you just said, but, but we, but if you were a kid in like 19, in like 2000, you could go watch the first movie and then you'd be the same age as as them. And then slowly as the movies got more mature, you also did. And they're kind of playing to their audience. But now if you're like a 10 year old, you'd be watching uh, spoilers, Cedric Diggory die um, when you're like 10. Yeah. Interesting. Is that a thing? Like, did you notice that with your siblings? Um, I, you mean like the, how, the, how they're watching it right now? Yeah. And, and kind of how the progression of the movies I'll have to ask them, but I think right now they've, uh, they just met Luna Lovegood. So oh, I don't think they, th they're like right in that middle where that's like the teetering point yeah. though. So you're like, you're really hitting it, but I bet they're at the end of it. Like my mom will have something to say about like, and again, she's like, she's totally accepting of all that stuff now. Like she, I think, you know, she had me when she was really young. So she's had her own like adult growth through me knowing her, um, as her kid. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably think at the end, she'll have something to say about like, yeah, they get really dark really quick. And you're like, right, like they did get really dark. But as you're saying, it happened over a span of like, what, like 15 years almost, right? Like yeah. all of the movies. And that's like, that's a lot of time to have for all of your, like what, seven or eight movies? I kind of don't remember how exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get into Bug's Life. Is it, okay. So you're obsessed with this movie. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> what about Bugs Life resonated with you? And as a kid? Um, yeah, as a kid. Oh, goodness. Probably like the colors. I think even now I'm like really interested in um, like color, just like really vibrant, high contrast color. Um, probably... Oh, some of the, like the female characters, because it is a matriarchy, honestly, like probably resonated with me, like how powerful like Princess Ada is. And you're like, nice. And like, she's gained her independence. So she doesn't have it the entire time. Like, I think yeah. that that probably like under underneath it all probably resonated with me as a kid. But it's just a fun movie. And I think um, like Pixar in general, like I really like Toy Story as a kid. So like that whole universe of movies probably caught my eye. I 
and then also it was again we had like a small selection of vhs's to flip through so i did and thinking about it through having said it um or having thought about it uh that I watched the same movies over and over again is likely because I had this smaller selection mm -hmm. of movies that I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this one today. Already seen it. Yes. Nice. Going to watch it again. And like continued through it. I think, um, I think that became like a habit through necessity. So I've probably watched it because I had it at my fingertips constantly and kept watching it. Yeah. I think that's something, especially with VHSs and DVDs when they're, they're pretty expensive and now you can kind of watch movies for free now. Um, I watched like, Bend it like Beckham and uh, and a yeah. Night's Tale. I watched those two movies on oh. repeat. I've seen a Night's Tale only recently. That's really funny. That I, and I didn't I didn't know it resonated with so many people. Um, as and and since I've seen it, anyway, yeah. What uh What about the movie? Did you like? What about the plot of the movie? Did you remember before rewatching? Like, what was your understanding of it? Um. Yeah, in terms of just, like, trying to think about, like, oh, yeah, what is A Bug's Life about? It's like, okay, A Bug's Life, I've, and I've written it down to him, like, A Bug's Life is a movie about Flick, a cheeky inventor ant, um, who's, like, trying to better his colony um, in its collection for food supply for the winter. Like, it's just, like, a bunch of rambling. Like, I didn't have anything concise, as you're supposed to, in, like, one sentence. But it just, like, goes on to say, like, he has an offering for the grasshoppers. Uh, he meets, like, these, uh, like, circus bugs, but, like, ends up in a lot of, like, confusion about trying to undo his own mistakes um, in, like, the middle and towards the end of the end of the film. Like, he gets into all these, like, trials and tribulations about trying to, like, better his colony. Um, and that's what, that's kind of what I remember as the whole film being about um, as a kid. Definitely about, like, Flick's inventions, for You're sure. You're spot on. That honestly, I'm <laughs> impressed about how how close you are with that. I um I got this movie completely confused with ants, just like most air breathing human beings. These two movies blended completely. No one's gonna be able to see it, but I'm shaking my fists both at you. Uh, <laughs> I th I thought he was like this. I because th you know I knew he was an ant, and even when I was thinking about Bugs Life, I was like, is he an ant or is that just ants? And mm -hmm. uh, and I remember him floating on a dandelion. I knew he had to go save his world. So I knew he teamed up with us uh, with some circus folk and there was a yeah. hilarious uh, caterpillar. And then I knew he got trapped in a picnic bag with wasps and, <laughs> and was saved by his fly swatter. And then uh, the only thing that I for sure remember is the droplets of water. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you say droplets of water, that's really funny because I haven't seen ants. I've probably seen the like opening You've sequence. Never seen ants. I, it freaked me out as a kid. The opening it sequences, should. I just all I remember is ants in Jello, and it really freaked me out. Um, is, is that correct? Up. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Honestly, I, these two movies blend together so much that that picnic bag is from ants. Um. Do you do you want to get into into ants, or do you want me to continue on uh, on the the like things I remember the let's, stuff? Let's stick with what you re remember. Okay. Was there any moment that really stuck out to you? Yeah, um, and I've and I have a rock. I'm sure I could like actually oh. I can grab it if you want. But I have. Hold on. It's a, it's a great <laughs> metaphor when Flip is trying to convince. Uh, he's trying to like explain what potential is, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a. Uh, Okay, imagine this is a seed. It's a rock. It's a seed. And I think my my mom and I will quote it back and forth when 
when something is like a necessity as like a, a metaphor and like my siblings are young so they don't quite get like the nuanced sort of understanding of metaphor or they haven't in the past and so then we just go back and forth going it's a seed um, <laughs> but yeah this is I, I found this rock no one can see it so it looks exactly like the rock thank you the first rock that he shows um dot dot yeah thank you uh but yeah that that for sure it's a rock not a seed and um you know, when you're a teenager, you're really trying to find your place in the world. That's all you're really doing. And so you're trying to be like seen or heard, or in my case, like very heard. And so I think like I had uh, as, as an extreme of an energy as I have today, it was probably more as a teenager. And I think just like repeating, like it's a seed, like in public, just like waiting for someone to just catch the bait and like be able to have a conversation about it's a bug's life. Um, and I mean, probably even until now, if I say that sort of thing or like just catch it, I just like really want someone to know I'm talking about bug's life. So definitely that scene. Um, yeah. I think that's what a lot of what uh, reference communication is. Or like reference uh, rec 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 recognition. A lot of what I like, you know, a lot of when I was young, I'd be communicating and just using movie references. And yeah. the people who picked up on those references, I would be friends with. Yeah, that's and, really cool. That's a good way of describing it. It's like finding your community with secret code, and I, I just like it'll happen. Yeah. Who was your favorite character as a kid? Was there anyone that you like wanted to be like, or anyone that you really looked up to? I think that's. That's a really uh, flick, I think, because I've I've talked to my mom not super recently, but about uh, Bugs Life, because you know she like watched me watch all of them and have it in the background, like have to listen to like the circus bugs go like insane in the background, like over and over and over again, um, or get like really animated anyway. Um, and uh, and so yeah, flick, and I think that like manifested as me being like, no 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 no, don't throw away the egg carton, don't throw away the yogurt like tin lid, like no 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 no, I gotta make a craft out of that, I gotta make something out of that, and I think my mom like can will absolutely contribute it's a bug's life to my willingness to sort of like create things, yeah. just because flick like flick had these amazing inventions. I thought also like, oh, it's getting into the movie, but yeah, I, I did think like in the movie the all of the characters like had moments especially like anyone in line for the crown all of the like women had these epiphany moments where they realized that flick's invention could work for what they needed and it was like the telescope happened a lot i think mm -hmm. that was that was a really good one that was definitely okay so let's get into the movie because i think this is is a good point so flicks our lead character he's a little blue ant He's super industrious. Uh, he tries his best to help his colony uh, with new innovations using his inventions. That telescope is the one right when I saw the blade of grass with the drip droplet of water. I remembered I was brought back to being a kid. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then he he lives in this colony and an ant colony. Uh, it's located on this on on a small island uh, surrounded by like a seasonal riverbed. The ants are uh, very adverse to, ch to change, uh, choosing to rather stick with tradition, even if it's uh, to the sacrifice of improving their life. Um, when they really, they have one of my favorite lines, which is, it's, a, it's our lot in life. It's not a lot, but it's our life. <laughs> and I think it just sums up what, complates, what being complacent is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like, well, it's nice now. And if we change it, there's a chance that it might not be as nice so yeah just keep, keep trucking along and flick keeps coming so when they're kind of uh when they're 
harvesting grain uh, for the seasonal offering to the malevolent uh, grasshoppers. Flick flicks out there with his like invention, which is a bandsaw to gather uh, grain quicker. And I I remember being a kid and seeing that and wanting to become an inventor because it just looked like so fun. Yeah, it's true. And he's like, he's really like going against the grain. Oh, um, but, nice. <laughs> but he like literally says, he's like, we could collect the entire blade of grass rather than collecting each stalk and ferrying it down. It'll be so much faster and we'll have time to like collect food of our own. Um, I think it's like the line probably exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so close with the same uh, reading too. <laughs> yeah, the vigor that he has behind his like passion. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, like it's such a inspiring thing seeing someone who wants to help their community so bad with their only talent, which mm. is being seeing the world from a different pers- pers- perspective and his community completely shunning him for it. Yeah. Yeah. I got, this is kind of our first big question. And I, I, I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. So Steve Jobs was CEO of Pixar at this time. Mm. Um, do you think Jobs gravitated towards the story of a young go-getter whose innovative inventions clashed with the close-minded traditions of his society, uh, but he saves the day by finally convincing everyone to think different? Oh, yeah. I wonder, because, like, when would that have... The movie would have been, yeah, like, written and released before... When did the first, um, like, Apple computer come out? Dude, I don't know. I'm not Aaron Sorkin. I didn't write <laughs> Steve Jobs. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait. This is, like, this is crucial to the question. Hold on. It let's is, just it find is. Out I really, really should have done this research. Okay, so we'll do it right now. Um, first <laughs> Apple computer. Because, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like, the home computer, yeah. right? The uh, Lisa or the MacBook, the, the, the Apple. Okay. Um, God, remember those old, those old colorful Macs? Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's what I'm kind of talking about. But slash those, but the ones with the like really square mouses. I believe Think Different was the because he, he, he had worked with Apple before this and then he got fired and he went to next and then from next mm. he got involved in pixar okay and so i believe yeah. uh you know he still had his steve jobs mentality so it says that it was like 1976 that was apple one so i guess yeah he definitely had his same steve jobs mentality i guess so he'd been through one like one at least two you know like yeah. big trials through his like career um and he'd been faced with wanting to do something great and being shut down because people didn't have an open enough mind for it. That's how. Yeah, absolutely. It. And also the idea that like tradition exists in computing is probably it may be like lost on some folks, but the idea of what he wanted to create and so give access to than what was different. there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then uh, you know, uh, moving back onto the plot, Flick he. Uh, in a horrible mess, he knocks off all the uh, all the offering food um, just as the grasshoppers arrive, and we get to meet Hopper, played by Kevin Spacey, which uh, now a little bit sore to say, <laughs> but he really is one of the most like weirdly charming and charismatic and smooth mm-hmm. 
villains. Yeah. Who is so intimidating. Like even as a kid, I felt intimidated by him. Oh, they were so scary. Yeah. Yeah. That, that scene where where they like pop through the holes in the, in the colony into like the, uh, the, the trenches, I guess of the colony. Yeah. So scary. There's like a few, there's probably like a few moments everyone has as a kid where they go like, those are the moments that I wanted to stop watching something or like, okay, cool. I'm going to brave through it. That definitely bugs life. That scene is, is one of them. Yeah. And so, uh, all the grasshoppers play, uh, they're kind of like the oppressors who are threatening the ants lives, uh, if they don't provide for, for them, uh, if they don't bring enough food. And uh, they're kind of tricking the ants into believing that that's nature's order. And uh, yeah, I think I think he really is one of the first villains that I saw that made me like the villain more than the mm. hero. Yeah. And it's because it's so easy right it's about like food and grain and like every, oh everyone has the right to food and and just the grasshoppers that's how they get it <laughs> yeah yeah and like, and then it really you don't really realize till the end of the movie what what's happening in their relationship like you don't realize that like it's really him tricking them into believing that they're worthless mm-hmm. which is that's his power like you, even in the beginning of the movie, you you think it's how nature works. Yeah, but yeah. Like, or they have this like relationship for X number of reasons, and maybe we'll learn about why. Um, and so, like the whole movie is them, like is a kind of you learning until the very end, where they, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I also have a question. For the most part, like every bug in this movie has a very like is kind of textureless and minimalist in their design, mm. but they've put so much detail into Hopper. And uh, they give him one blind eye, which we kind of think was given to him by a bird attack, which his Mm -hmm. uh, brother mentions. Why do you think villains always have one bad eye? (laughs) I I don't know. It probably gives them a sense of uh, like they've overcome this battle of previous i think that's like something to have overcome but they've like lasted through it i don't know maybe and also it's on the face so it's like hard to deny that someone is continuing to like live and breathe when you're looking them right in the face and they have like a scar especially over their eye like that's a whole other that's symbolically now like a very disney thing it seems like i was like we got scar from uh lion king and uh pirates doesn't captain hook have a no he's just missing an an arm he's just missing a hand yeah (laughs) but i also think it also is kind of about their like worldview in kind of a deeper reading of it Hmm. it's uh you see that he has a skewed warped worldview by like trauma in his past that might be way too deep (laughs) (laughs) no but like i guess if you if you wanted to take it and read it very poetically absolutely you could totally you know it'd be very, very it'd be very interesting to watch the whole movie with this like poetic lens of just like hopper and just look at it through hopper's point of view and just like feel really really sorry and sad for hopper you could totally do it yeah i think it was hopper and maybe the wet bandits in home alone that made me feel super sympathetic for villains yeah well because those villains are in places 
that seemingly to your eye and in the telling of the story, they can't get out of it any other way. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And this is the way out of it. And it just so happens that the protagonist you also like. And so you are stuck in a rock and a hard place as well. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Damn, Hope. I never even thought about that. (laughs) That's Yeah. You're you're with them. You're with both both sides, and you're like really toiling with like ah, but who's right and who's, and then it you know I mean the protagonist gets their story told more. So yeah, and because we like it almost feels un uh, unfair that we're only seeing it from one perspective when both perspectives are warranted. But really, Hopper's perspective isn't warranted at all. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a down and out bad guy. Definitely, he's a villain for sure. So uh, Flick, uh, in order to save his colony, has to go to uh, the big bad city and uh, and recruit some, uh, almost like uh, Seven Samurai, he has to recruit a gang of badasses to come defend them from the grasshoppers. So he goes to uh, the big bug city, which is located underneath a trailer, uh, which is made of boxes and garbage. And it's... It's kind of my favorite part of the movie. Yes, 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 yes. That, uh, the world building and the idea that we get to leave this island and that there is, like, this city means that maybe there's other cities. And, like, what do other bugs do in these other different under-the-trailer, like, under-the-dumpster sort of kind of worlds? So it really opens up your perspective on what could be because... Right now, all you have is like, well, ants do this and ants do that. And then you get to like, there's this butt bug that is a bus. And he's like <laughs> telling you all of the stop names all of a sudden. And you're like, there's all these places you could go. That's insane. Oh, and just, yeah, the fact that everything is made out of garbage and it's like so lit up. Um, it does seem like so large. There's like even like um, like the mime on the street. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a big city idea that's just right there placed in bug form. It's perfect because he's a centipede. So he's got like all the hands to do the mining with. And they've kind of like built a uh, a New York Times Square out of boxes. And yes. uh, and so you're really getting that vibe of like this major metropolitan, metropolitan city. There is one thing that I thought was super dark, which is uh, there's a homeless cricket who's begging for money and it's because a kid ripped off his wings. Yeah. It says that on his little sign. It, it like make those little moments make you question like, Oh, is it necessary to put those in? Or, or if, if you were not going to reflect that part of society, would it be neglecting the fact that there are like hardships of that kind? Cause that's the first time you really get a literal parallel to human life. Yeah. Is this, is the city. Cause like, you know, we don't collect grain like that. No, it also might be, one of the only times you see humans, not humans, but you mm. see evidence of a human human. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 And there's, um, yeah. Cause it's a trailer literally. And there's also, yeah, there's more like that's, that's what it is. It's that you immediately get a sense of scale mm. because a tree, I think it's an Oak tree. Uh, that tree does whatever it's going to do. Like that tree could be small. That tree could be big. And we see these ants and that's how they live. But the first time that we have this sense of scale is when it's actually like the moths that are attracted to the the light bulb and they, yeah. they can they continue to go in because they're like um, like psyched on it. Uh, actually, I mean, even like as a kid's movie. Wow. That's like a theme of like addiction. It's oh, like is the, wow. is the light because they're like they're waiting for their next fix. They're like psyched for the light and they need it, but it does kill them. Yeah. They, and they try to pull it off like they don't die. 
Yeah, yeah. 100%. He falls, uh, that bug who flies into one of those zapper lights on the trailer uh, porch. Uh, He falls into this, like, butt can of dead insects. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, the the details. It's beautiful. There's so many details in this city. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, all all the chip boxes, you actually get idea of what the structures are made out of. You get an idea of what the world is. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Flick uh, makes his way into the uh, the rough tavern, which is kind of uh, oh, never mind. You know what? I I can't make that reference. I was going for the one from Star Wars, but I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cantina, nice. nice oh, what nice. is that? Damn, I can't re- remember it. So Flick. Uh, oh, makes- I thought your reference was cantina because it's they're in a they're in a can when they go into the bar it's made of a can that's even better is that what they (laughs) did is the thing made of a can in the movie yeah it is absolutely it's like that's a can dude lassler was on it (laughs) (laughs) so so flick sees uh this is when we're introduced to the circus bugs the circus bugs have been uh recently fired after a disastrous show and uh let's just run through who we got here so we got Slim, who's a stick bug, played by David Hyde Pierce from Frasier, who was, the moment I heard his voice, I was like, I love you, Niles. You're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favorite part. And then we got uh, Joe Ranf as uh, Heimlich, the German caterpillar. We got Dennis Leary as Francis, the short-tempered male ladybug. Jonathan Harris as Manny, the praying, praying lantis med- Magician. We got Madeline Kahn as Gypsy, the uh, Gypsy Moth. And uh, Brad Garrett as Dim, the Rhinoceros Beetle, who is very sensitive. Which, uh, which of the circus bugs are you, are you rooting for? Who are you going to go to a show to see? The Magician Act. Or I guess probably um, the Spider. She's like the most balanced circus bug, I think. Yeah. The 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 spider. She's like really insecure. She ha- she's the only circus, maybe not the only, part of me because Heimlich has like a literal transformation. <laughs> but she gains confidence through the entire movie, I noticed. Is that like a, she's like really insecure and she questions her um her like own self, like her character a lot. Um and then later in the movie, I thought it was super funny cuz like maybe that's why like maybe as a as an as a voice actor like that little note, but like there's that line where she's like, "And that's how he was my 12th husband." But yeah, <laughs> Ha 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 past tense or like whatever her little line is and you're I'm like a black right, widow, right, right. widow widow <laughs> yeah 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 that's what it is and so she's like a widow and so she acts like so inside like she's so kind and so loving and she is like uh she's like an insecure mother and i, I thought i thought she her character was great i didn't notice that as a kid at all i didn't notice that even watching it this time mm. yeah I, she 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 like questions herself so much because it, like oh and then you know because dim the the beetle he gets injured like right first up um and she's like oh baby like oh like oh we're gonna put a little is it an ouchie like she's like so caring for his um his well-being yeah. and then like later in the movie she has those same attributes but as it progresses she questions it less that's so cool i love that i completely didn't pick up on that and i think that's a really good detail especially for such a massive group of people they all kind of have that arc they all have an arc they do yeah i really really liked that um 
of of all of their characters as minor as they were um they're super important to all having like their sort of like miniature because they all are very like diverse bugs i guess if you can look at it that way what i love is that they all have a twist to their personality that clashes with their appearance mm-hmm. where like uh the beetle is really sensitive. The ladybug is uh, super macho and dealing with uh, with what his appearance is. Um, if you were a bug, which bug would you be in contrast to your personality? Oh, like probably a butterfly. That would be really funny. That would be good. I think I'd be like because <laughs> like I don't. I think like of hmm. You go. Oh, I, th- I just think of of all of the bugs that I am probably like the least interested in that I would be like slated to be that bug. And it is likely that butterfly, I'm just like, yeah, it's going to do its thing. And like a moth, a moth would almost be like too good. I th- maybe that's like what people would sort of balance on. But it's probably like a, a monarch butterfly or something. And I feel like people would be like, oh, my God, look how beautiful her wings are. And look how majestic she is. And you'd be like, yeah, hey. <laughs> I'm right here. You can stop talking about me. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. The quick, like, call out, like, like more than just my wings. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But also, like, you wouldn't expect a monarch butterfly to be like a low key rude. You know, you wouldn't expect like that that call out from a monarch butterfly. You'd be like not elegant either. (laughs) (laughs) Not as an insult. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's too good. It's the bug I would be slated to be for sure. I think I'd be a dung beetle or a stink bug. Nah. I think because I think you know, uh, people would be like, "You're disgusting," and then I'd be like, "But I like the finer things in life." <laughs> oh, okay, I be, get it. I would stink, and I would have all this going against me, and then I'd be like, "But I love the cologne, um, man." Do you, like do, maybe Pixar really likes like a good like a good character dichotomy because there's Ratatouille right that reminds me of Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also the most pretentious move. Is to be like, I think I'd be the rat with a terrific taste in, <laughs> in food. Um, so uh, Flick sees uh, the circus bugs taking on some nasty barflies in a fight, uh, but really they're just putting on a th- theatrical show. And then, uh, and he invites them back to his uh, colony in order to help them. I got a question because I feel like you might know this better than I do. What mm. do the circus bugs think they're doing? Like, what do they think they're getting? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it is a miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, flick. They're oh, it's so well written. The dialogue that is able to be like uh, uh, almost like has a dual understanding. Yeah, um, I loved it a so much, entendre. but. Yeah, double entendre. Like, and there's so much of it. It, it. I'm sure they had, well, maybe, yeah, is it? <laughs> I, I'm totally wrong with the double entendre. That's just a fancy word. <laughs> okay, okay. So there, there's so much dialogue that has a dual meaning to it that I think is just so smart. They probably had so much fun writing that. Um, and yeah, it's that Flick thinks that they are warrior bugs and they know themselves to be circus bugs. Uh, so they think that they are going to be... Um, involved in like almost this like permanent gig as circus bugs and oh. and so that is like 
they get brought back later to perform as circus bugs. Um, but because of how almost this like sort of fantastical, like they're almost like over pitching themselves too. Yeah. So they keep, they keep saying like, oh, the, the, my, one of my favorites is like, and we're going to knock their socks <laughs> off or like, something like that. It was like, knock them out of the park um, or knock them dead. That's what it was. Yeah. That it's what it was. It was like, and we're going to knock the grasshoppers dead. And you're like, oh shit like as an ant bug you're just like yeah and they're like oh they really like that one night oh yeah oh wow, they, uh, and we're they, gonna they, kill <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely like we don't have to deal with this uh this oppression any longer but like yeah the the, the uh, ladybug um says that and then the crowd goes wild and i think the circus bugs to themselves say like wow these ants is it really ants have like a knack for entertainment? They oh okay yeah. That's hilarious. Then so, they're like really like, a little confused, yeah. So uh, they uh, they bring the circus bugs back to the colony. At this point, I was like, this movie's done. We're half an hour in. This is crazy. <laughs> I forgot what the actual story was, and, uh, and so they um, they come back and uh, the ants throw a huge welcome ceremony. I want to want to do a quick shout out to the uh, ant kids of the colony's second grade class for the mural that they do, the bloody Tarantino esque uh, mural that I want on my wall. It's yes. fire! Oh, it, it's actually such a good little thing to have. And people are like, "What is that?" And you're like, "Oh, it's just just it, the second grade class." Don't don't worry about it. Uh, Why do you so have a excited. caterpillar cut in half and bleeding everywhere? <laughs> yeah. That one was so good. That line was so, so genuine and so cute. And they're like, and our teacher said we should have one of you would uh, be dead because it would be more realistic. <laughs> it's like, they picked oh the worst character to do it, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The most, like, insecure. Well, mo mo most, like, sensitive, I guess. I also love how not insecure that he knows he's the shit. Uh, uh, Hamish, the, uh, the caterpillar, knows he's better than everyone else. <laughs> he's big, mm -hmm. beautiful, and he knows it. Yeah. Um. Had you had you seen this movie as a kid? Yeah, as a fat um, kid too. <laughs> did you so then? Did you resonate with that character at all? Because yeah, I I realized later um, that I think he's like the Jar Jar Binks of oh. uh, of It's a Bug's Life, and I I I have this recollection of discussing it with my mother at some point, but just for being like that fucking stupid character. Whoa! Like I really don't think that because it was it's just so obnoxious. You were and saying that, or your mom? My mother, yeah. Yeah, this seems like a I parent thing. Very much, yeah. And same with a parent thing about Jar Jar. It's just like a like a quick like little grab for the children in the back, not really paying attention, and just oh, bring their attention right up. Have this like jolly, really loud, boisterous character to sort of with bring you accent. back in with like yes. a like like a flamboyant accent too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a silly kind of guy, just like ooh, bringing you back in. Yeah. But he really like. I think it's easy. It's definitely. If you're a parent who has to watch this repeatedly, his mm. lines are what you hate because it's so high pitched and it's yeah. so unrealistic. Or like cuts as through. As a kid, he's the he's the best. I bet, yeah. I mean, he's the only really thing that I remembered. That's 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 great. Yeah. I like that. I think I remembered him. Um, I don't think that he was my fave, but I mean, he any comedic relief. Yeah. Um. The berry at the beginning, that's just like a part of the things that I remember. That the, the, killed me. The berry, the, 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 the little raspberry falling on yeah. the ant. So they drop, yes. it's so perfect time because, so there's one ant up on top, uh, dropping down seeds and then there's a line of ants catching them and 
one seed, two seed, and then the third ant just gets a raspberry dropped on top of him like he's yeah. fruit of the loom. <laughs> and all, and it's just his like little ant legs sticking out, and the the comedic value of him just sort of like wobbling to figure out his steps and then stay in line. You see him later in the scene, and then the first time they, I think that it was because they freak out about the grasshoppers getting there, yeah. And and the the little ant with the raspberry doesn't know what to do, and you can see it, but only in his legs. It's just like it's perfect physical comedy yeah <laughs> it's so great so uh like we said the circus bugs um you know they they quickly uh pick up what they're actually there to do uh by a what seems like a five act play that the second grade class puts on <laughs> it's incredibly dramatic macbeth like play <laughs> and then uh and then they they, they run out of town and then we're introduced to the bird, which is kind of the uh, that deus ex machina of the of the movie, and mm -hmm. uh, it tries to eat Dot, who's the little princess ant, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's after the yeah the circus bugs is, are trying to run away. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and then they have to go back and save Dot from the bird. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's that the circus bugs are are running away, and then Dot tries to catch up with Flick, who is. So Flick's like in the middle. Flick's yeah. like, no, wait, wait, you like you have to stay, you have to stay. And then Dot's like, okay, got this. Hops on a dandelion, much like she saw Flick at the beginning of the movie. Because her and wings then, don't work. Exactly, her wings don't work. Oh yeah, sorry. So she tries to fly, gets caught on a dandelion, I'm pretty sure, and then falls off from there because it's unstable or there's a quick wind. Um, and then yeah, they're introduced, but she like falls into a crack. It's which just, if yeah, if I may, about those cracks in like the dirt. I know, okay, this is, this is like for sure memory, like this part of this movie impacted me until I was probably like 20 and was like, oh, so <laughs> when I was a kid, I saw those, those like things in the dirt and in the movie because the bugs are like the, to scale, right? So they fall into those cracks and that's detrimental to like their survival in the film. But as a kid, I was like, okay, like there must be big enough ones that like I can fall into. So like, if I see those, I am going to fall in. Not knowing that like, it's just a matter of like dirt or like, pardon me, like wet, I guess like dirt becoming drier and drying up and they make those patterns. Yeah. And so to scale with a bug, it's, it's like, it's whatever. Um, and then, and then I realized that it wasn't really a thing all over the world, but it is a, a place in hotter places of the world that you can get human sized, uh, like, yeah, you can get full on like deserts or like that because they've separated because it's so dry and like the land has receded, but in the same shapes, like the almost hexagonal sort of like pattern. So you actually had a right to be afraid, unlike those stupid kids <laughs> that are afraid of quicksand. <laughs> yes. There was like this reversal where I was like, oh, fuck, it was fiction. And then, oh, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. But it will, it won't happen in, I guess, like, you know, North America. I mean, maybe it will, but like it, it won't uh, in the suburbs, in the, in the fucking, in my backyard, like where I thought it would happen. That's like me when I was a kid and I found out that uh, I was like, great, unicorns aren't real and narwhals aren't real either. And then I found out that narwhals are real. <laughs> <laughs> and it just shattered my idea as 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 a kid. Uh, um, so yeah, good. it's that's one of my favorite uh, second act obstacles is mm. uh, is the fight with with the bird and how the bugs have to come together, and we kind of get to see what each of their role is as a kind of group of of like warriors, where uh, 
where the caterpillar plays like the live bait and then the ladybug comes in and saves dot yes it's just it's such a great action scene it is actually i didn't even really consider it as in like an action scene but it absolutely is animation's a weird one man when you're like trying to like figure that yeah. figure that stuff out or like see it as a reality it's like um i mean i guess in the time that this was made it was it was uh, all as complex as the next thing that they were creating because it's like the forefront of uh computer animation mm-hmm. um and so action scene or not it's all quite complex but uh yeah, and they have like such trials and tribulations, and it really does get you on the edge of the seat. Even though it's just like bugs in a little pile of dirt running away from a bird, is like is they like uh, the pill bugs when they have them in the net that the spider creates oh, under yeah. under um, dim. Yeah. Uh, is like someone slips, and then you go ah ah, and they're like oh, so good. The the climax of that scene in particular, where they're coming up to the edge of the cliff face where the ant colony is to the island, and then they're just like straight up. And the the bird's mouth is like inches like centimeters away from swallowing them it's such that one shot i think it's like a second and a half shot but it it really gets you nervous and then they find sanctuary in the uh brambles yeah yeah yeah. in in like the brambles is a perfect word raspberry bushes and stuff yeah where the prickles are yeah oh man they are raspberries because the raspberry lands on him that makes yeah. more sense i love <laughs> how they create the world around this totally uh, like the ecosystem so they kind of uh they hatch a plant to make a giant bird uh, to scare away the the grasshoppers because they know that hoppers' one fear is birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut back to, uh, we just cut away to Hopper at his hideout, which uh, appears to be somewhere. Well, in, yeah. One quick tie-in, which is Let's like the it. reversal of where the bugs start to have all of their reversals. Like they, they now this is like an inciting incident of their characters at yeah. the whole movie, obviously. But where they go, like, because they get applause for saving Dot, and then it switches over into them going, like, "Okay, we'll play the part." Like, "Okay, we're good actors. We saved that little like ant bug. Like, nice, nice, nice." And then they're convinced to go along with like the the plan which they were gonna do, which is like, yeah, the the bird, as you're saying. I read something that uh that when they're originally coming um, com- yeah when they're originally coming up with the story, they were like, "Okay, so these circus bugs are gonna come to the colony." We have really no, like, at one point they turn, they turn from good circus bugs to evil in order to, to get stuff from the colony. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that then, would... uh, and then, but they didn't have, and then, so then they're like, that seems unnatural. So they needed to have it kind of make more sense for their turn. And mm. I believe that's the moment where, uh, them getting applause, was 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 the big story point that they that they decided to make i think flick was one of the circus bugs yes yeah yeah he was originally written as like a red ant i think yeah um but i i didn't i didn't know too much about the i guess motivation behind any of the circus bugs but just that like they were evil at some point so they were almost like on par with hopper and like but like separate villains question mark I guess I, so. I, but that kind of makes sense though given that if you think about uh like the hero's journey really linearly that like the villain kind of exists the whole time mm-hmm. but if you think about hopper in a bugs it's a bug's life he kind of floats back and forth and he like it exists as a mindset of like the bugs like they more like carry on the idea of how he is continuing to oppress them. Yeah, like they're acting like he's watching over them the entire time. 
when in reality, as you're going to say, he's at his like new his hideout and what we assume is Mexico. Um, Let's talk under about that, this hideout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hideout's so cool. Okay, so you got uh, grasshoppers playing darts with mosquitoes, which is a bizarre idea when you <laughs> when, <laughs> when you really think about it. Uh, and then there's uh, one of them is like lounging on a leaf in the middle of a puddle, like it's a pool. Uh, I assume they're just drinking margaritas and Hopper is like getting a back massage while he's on a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. On a bullet. It's You're so, so badass. Right. Yeah. Like so, it's, to give that continued sense of scale, like there's a hot sauce um, cap that somewhere that says like muy caliente, which just means like lot, like very hot. <laughs> um, and so like, they're like dancing on it. I'm pretty, it's like a stage or like yeah. there's a band playing or something and they're chilling. Also, as a memory that I did have as a kid, that back massage where it's just like the two hands that go like karate chopping back and forth. I remember that. And like, that was then like, cool. I'm going to do that to all my friends. Nice. Like, like I'm just going to when you're <laughs> quickly, a kid, like, the karate chop massage is such a massive thing in your head. <laughs> is it because of bugs life? Like, is that why? Like, is it, is it impressive because it looks fast and it's really not? I think every movie the, like in the '90s, they only showed they only showed massages being the karate chop. Is that because like it's less sexual, like and so like Maybe. in sort of like PG? But I would Maybe. question: Is it, it, it? I mean, it's obviously like sexual, like less sexual. Goodness. Um, but is it also uh, what is it a fad in the '90s where like then they like that became like what is what style of massage is that that is they it were like anything nice people actually do. That's do you a, ever I, get a massage from like a three hundred dollar masseuse at, at like an hour on, who just does karate chops on like your medical like through work or something, and they just they just karate chop? Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I threw my back out, I dislodged a disc, I really need a physiotherapy, and then you go to someone and they just start karate chopping your back. There's like such a chance that we sound super insensitive, and that this is just totally. like absolutely a style of massage. I, <laughs> guarantee it use it is a thing i just have never had it um, no never it's right. so specific it's bugs life only really <laughs> yeah all right so it's your night out hope you're you're on the town okay you get a text two texts an invitation to two separate parties hey aunt here we got some awesome warriors here and we're having a festival come party then you get another text yo it's hopper the clubhouse is on. Come out. <laughs> Which one do you go to? The Ant Festival or the Grasshopper Clubhouse? You might hate me for this, but I am such a person that likes to uh, party jump. And so I'm going to create a world where I, I get to sort of get both. So okay. I'll, go, I'll go to the Grasshopper one first because that sounds like... If that kind of party will sustain itself, yeah. it sounds good, but I'm guaranteeing you it fucking won't. And like the, <laughs> the the ant party sounds like that'll go later into the night and be nicer for you to chill out when the grasshopper ones either get too gnarly yeah. or super boring. You know and so then they're yeah. pulling out the hard drugs at the grasshopper one <laughs> yeah. and it's going to burn out quick. And then you can go to the ground, you can chill out and come down at the Ant Fest, Fest Festival. 
Absolutely. And like, who better to talk about something with than ants where you're like, I just experienced this is a little wild. And they're like, shit, man, like here, this is drinks on me. Like, here you go. Like hang out versus if you go to the grasshopper festival, you're going to have to shit talk your ant friends. I don't want to shit talk. No one. I'm friends with both of y'all. Yes. I don't want to come to the ant party and be like, or pardon me, the grasshopper party and go, these fucking ants are super lame. Cause that's not how I feel, man. Both were good. You also can't do any actual conversation at the grasshopper one. <laughs> it's <laughs> they true. They you... harp on you so bad if you bring up anything other than money, what car you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, Who you beat the uh, shit out of last night. Also, at the grasshopper party, really to save myself, if they're bringing out the hard drugs as we are insinuating, they are. They are. Um, the beginning of the night is going to be unique and genuine conversation. More hard drugs. Five hours later, same fucking conversations. You're not having any fun at that point. There's nothing new about that. But, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. <laughs> I came into this conversation so set on the Grasshopper Clubhouse. <laughs> it's true. Right. Environment only if they were blocks away and they all looked like the Grasshopper Clubhouse. I'm choosing the Grasshopper Clubhouse. Yeah. All right. So uh, we get to that ant uprising. So the Grasshoppers... Um, emerge through the mist, which is so chilling, to come collect their bounty. And um, and then Flick tries to scare them off with the fake bird attack. Um, and it looks yeah. like the uh, ants, it, 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 it looks like the ants are free, and then the bird crashes and everything goes wrong. Hopper uh, discovers what they've done and is going to take it out on them, punish them. By yeah, killing yeah. Flick. He gives, he recites his big speech about how this is nature's order. And then Flick gives a really rallying speech about how grasshoppers are nothing without ants. And that their purpose is to support themselves. The the moment, just about the setting, really, yeah. about the mist. Um, I noticed that I thought it was maybe like a quick fix based on the writers after watching it now. Um that it was missed because it seems like it's really dark. Like it's because it's like quite like it's literally like dark times. Like these oppressors are coming to collect their bounty as yeah. you're saying. Um, but I think it's really smart because there's never another clear bright day until they've won. And so it's like at night they have the, the day because what happens is the the flea mm -hmm. um voiced by john ratzenberger if we can who is in all pixar movies if you did not know um it. he's killing it is that what you said yeah yeah, yeah. The flea is so good the flea is excellent i think it's john ratzenberger says that it's one of his favorite uh parts at pixar that he's played just because usually he plays like a like a it, sounded like he plays like different types of characters and that this this flea is angered or like brought to frustration by just about literally everything yeah yeah and just like yeah so he's the circus man ma manager right yeah he's a circus manager so he comes by in the middle of the night and then tries to collect the circus bugs and so there is like a, a moment of epiphany in the sun in this in the daytime i guess that flick has but back at the at the ant colony everyone is brought into this mist this fog of confusion literally uh, and that's when the grasshoppers show up and they uh, take over the ant colony. And then the next scene that we have is where things are like full fledged, almost like anarchy based on like how the grasshoppers have taken over the ants. And, but now it's at nighttime again. Oh, wow. 
I wonder if they just jumped around with editing in that. I wonder. Because I don't I never I thought about that. A- but yeah, when Dot goes to get Flick, mm-hmm. it's daytime. But they've already left though. So like and also like Dot has like seemingly run a marathon, if you will. So like they've they've left also if you consider because you've mentioned that it's like a, a riverbed, you could make the uh, the idea that like, oh, that's how fog's created. It's evaporated water, and now these guys are away from water, it's in the sun. You also need sun to have fog. I don't know, man. I'm like really giving you like a no, this a weather true. a weather lesson. <laughs> you are a meteorologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. That's some interesting continuity that I did not know. That mm. feels very uh, XXX Return of Xander Cage, where their chase scene goes from nighttime to daytime in the snap of a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wonder if they uh, they just kind of rearrange that in editing. I think I think it was purposeful because the fog happens def- definitely it's daytime because some of it like clears or whatever. Yeah. But by the time that they're that the circus bugs and Flick are able to get back to the ant colony, it is now nighttime. Yeah. I think it, if we're getting really deep with with bugs life here, <laughs> I think it's more of like production. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's more of like a metaphor for the fact that now all is lost, like yeah. because the, in the ants' world, um, they they have they're like quite literally confused. The fog is. Um, creates a really confusing atmosphere on its own. And it is, especially when it starts raining and you have mm. these like almost like meteor sized raindrops crashing down around them. It It is so disorientating. Absolutely. Um, and but so that happens then, later. Yeah. So that happens after, uh, after Hopper tries to take over and then the, the ants rise up against him. He, mm-hmm. uh, I believe he, him and, Flick have a chase scene. Uh, yeah, through where the Princess rain. Ada, yeah, Princess Ada has Flick. Um, and she's holding him, and she's the one flying. Um, and Flick is saying like, "No, no, like go, go that way, go that way." And they're and they're heading through, um, this like body of water now because it, you're right, it has rained so much. The rain, dude. Like, if we can just talk about like water in this movie in general, all the previous stuff is just like beautiful, like majestic little like. Uh, drinks of water, like the droplets that they drink at the bar. Insane. As a kid, I was just like, cool, I want one of those. Like, yeah. Like, I want to drink just a droplet of water. Like, the mosquito at the bar gets a Bloody Mary and it's like, he's like, he goes like, Bloody Mary, oh, positive. (laughs) And he gets like this like droplet of blood. um, And that's, that's his drink. But then later, the water in the movie um is it's like quite strange. It like, honestly, looks like almost blob-like. Like, it's, it's a little too thick, which works in their favor because they're ants what who knows what the perspective of water to ants looks like exactly. so it kind of it kind of like jumps up like a little bit too much in like the physics of how we see water yeah but uh i thought it was really strange i didn't notice it before but in that chase scene princess ada is carrying flick away from hopper who's chasing them and it's just flat glassy water almost without a reflection and there's oh. like really really long thick blobby raindrops mm-hmm. that are falling and then jumping up because of the them hitting this body of water. Yeah. We also got to think about uh, this movie was animated in like 1997. It was like one of the first, I don't know, dozen animated features. And so that computer, the, uh, computer animated. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Computer animated. Uh, they were drawing with their hands <laughs> like monkeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like prehistoric creatures. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, so maybe they just didn't have the capabilities to animate water like we see it, and so yeah, yeah, 
Oh, no, definitely. The, Pixar has, like, reinvented um, the way that they have animated through their own films. Like, mm-hmm. consistently, um, when you look at, uh, like, pretty sure The Incredibles has like, some scenes with water. I mean, it does rain, but I'm pretty sure they have to land, like, the ship in some water. Yeah. But the one that really resonated where they reinvented, what was it? I don't know. It was Pixar, though. And Pixar does, like, great stuff with water. They Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what movie? I don't. But I do know that they're always working to their to their strengths. Like, yeah. they're not going to do anything that they can't, that they don't know that they can kill. So, like, when they are making a movie, let's say, Incredibles, and they only have a small amount of budget, they're going to do, they're only going to animate what parts, what exact parts of the of the room they know they're going to shoot um and so i i can't i don't know what movie you're referencing but they do i think uh, it's moana i think i i just did a quick google but i i thought it was moana and i haven't seen it but i think that they almost like reinvented the wheel in terms of computer generated water you're talking my favorite disney (laughs) movie uh, <laughs> it is a gorgeous movie. I don't know if Pixar Would, has anything to do with that, but uh, but I do know it's Disney. No, Moana is a Pixar movie, I thought. Am I wrong? She's a princess. Oh, you might be right. She's, you know, maybe, she's a princess. You might be right. Yeah. She is. She's a Disney princess. She's in canon. But uh, um, it is, uh, yeah. that movie is beautiful with the, uh, with the art. Um, cool. Okay, so then we get this awesome chase scene. It's so cool. It feels like a real 90s kind of like, maybe lethal gun or like a Shane black chase scene through the night. And it ends with, uh, with Hopper all just about to kill flick. And then there's something which I don't think you'll ever see in a Pixar movie again, which is Hopper. It's unthinkable now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you, really Disney would point. do this. I don't think in the upcoming soul that they're going to have the villain be snatched up by a real bird and then torn apart by her chicks. <laughs> oh, that's true. I've even forgot. Even having watched it, my body, like my brain part of me was just like, I'm going to blank that out. Didn't exist. Didn't exist. But yeah, you're right. The bird feeds the grass, well, the, the antagonist to the baby birds. And he's screaming. Oh, he does. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Like it feels so alien now just because you never see villains die in kids movies anymore. They kind of mm-hmm. just go away. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They do just go away. And, and even in this movie, they don't cut to it. It's like it's insinuated through the cuts that that's how he dies. And it, it's like it's pretty clear. Like you're not going to you're not going to deny that that's no. how it happened, really. But like it doesn't show it literally in in the movie and so yeah like uh, in pixar movies now the villain sort of like oh no he gets trapped behind the the monsters inc door forever and cannot come out or like whatever it is it's like oh no he got like um exploded but then later is revealed he might still exist how could that have happened there's only one other pixar movie that i think has anything and i think it's the last version of it i could Mm. be wrong so if i'm wrong write in um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what will we watch at gmail.com but uh <laughs> but it's uh mysterio in incredibles one he's he's uh yeah. hoisted on his own petard sucked into the jet engine by his cape okay so spoilers. except, hey, except spoilers. could potentially spoilers hopefully not except 
it is later insinuated that he's still alive. No way. That's impossible. I'm pretty sure because there is like a, a sequel teased, no? Yeah. And then he, like, and then it exists. But like, I thought in not and around that marketing that it was like, is he still alive or is he for sure dead? No, that uh, the sequel that's pitched at the end is, yeah. uh, is I believe his name's the coal miner. It's the coal miner. Oh, I it's really got the impression that maybe it was that like something of his essence is long lasting. And uh, that could have just been like the robots or something. Yeah, it's uh but yeah, it's it's just something like when you were a kid and you watched that ending, you said you you blocked it out this time. Did that <laughs> did that have an effect on you as a kid? Do you remember that at all? Not at all. And even if I did, I think probably because it didn't literally happen. Like or pardon me, and when I say that, I mean It wasn't on screen. Did, it wasn't on screen. So I don't think that I ever had this like really picture perfect memory of it in my brain and so all you really saw all i probably would have remembered was just like oh no flick my fave is is being like uh he's getting attacked ah he's gonna get he's gonna get attacked and then the bird deals with it and the whole time this bird is like this contentious non-sentient somehow in this world um like character yeah uh and so finally like oh the the bird the bird's done it yeah, and it's like the it's so interesting because I wonder if they they make the smart choice to not have the bird talk. Mm. I wonder if the mm-hmm. bird talked how much more traumatizing that would have been. <laughs> so much more because then the bird's making a choice, but as far as as the viewer you're concerned that the bird is just acting as a bird in human life would. <laughs> yeah. Like okay, so the bird is just the bird. Like the bird and let's say the sombrero the the of Hmm? Nothing. It's cool. I just referenced the bird as the word, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> if if you look at the bird as human life, then there are only like two other ties, which is the sombrero at the villain's sort of getaway, mm-hmm. and the uh, truck and the motorhome, or pardon me, the trailer mm-hmm. of the city. And if I will, we could talk about it later. But the the truck that's beside. The uh, trailer is the Pizza Planet truck from Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 1. Okay, so we do have (laughs) stuff later to get into. Okay, okay, okay. I'll hold off. I'll hold off. Pixar is making some big choices here with what they're willing to tie in. (laughs) All right, so after rewatching, as an adult now, what was your favorite moment? I wrote down some and so like I should probably just go like off the cuff but I'm gonna read my notes so one sec all good oh yeah okay I think probably my favorite moment all encompass it doesn't have to be a singular moment I'm just gonna say all of the moments where because a lot of the like it is a matriarchal society and yeah. so like that is like not something that you get to see in not only like everyday cinema but how many like little moments you see of like discoveries made by like the women in the movie mm-hmm. but yeah it was like the telescope moment over and over again or like that the blueberry um club like it was basically like the, the girl scouts they're like little hideaway in the grain stock oh, I love that that part. was so cool i probably thought that was just as cool now as i did as a kid that was awesome because it was just like this little hideout and and they do they, they they stay and dot leaves and then they're there the whole time and then 
and who do they see? They're like, oh, someone's coming. And it, it is so secretive because they know that they're well hidden. Yeah. So it is that much more scary when Flick comes through. But, oh, it's just Flick. We're all good. Okay, so we're going to like, what's the plan? Here we go. That's one think, of my, yeah, sorry. No, I just think that it was a great moment. It is. That, that is such a great moment. That also has one of my favorite characters, which is uh, the bro, the bro grasshopper. <laughs> It's just oh. like, look what up. It's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when they're patrolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh what um Okay, so they never made a sequel. Mm. Fans are demanding one. It's weird that they didn't make one after being so successful. Um do you think this movie's better off with or without one? Without They kind of I don't into that one a few years ago did they i don't i just don't know what more you have to tell about the story that already exists like are you going to show how dot is struggling because like dot will now be taking over the throne are you going to like overthrow the idea of someone at the head like is it going to be democracy because it was like lightly a democracy but it was really like council around like a a queen Mm -hmm. literally and that was just like queen and her council would make these decisions um so what is it going to be like dot now and like the new oh but remember in the old ways like i don't know what are you going to reference like how's that going to be funny because like they even they even make a reference at the beginning of the movie where they get stuck at the leaf and he's like oh like don't worry it was like the twig of 93 and like that and it's like, okay, well, in the world of what we understand, that's like five years ago. <laughs> so, like, that sounds like a long time ago to you, and you're a bug, so, like, makes sense, bro. So, like, what story are they going to tell later with a sequel? I don't know. I think, I think it lives perfectly the way that it is. Exactly. It's also, you know, um, their society has changed. Like, the problem that their society had, which has been too traditional mm-hmm. in sacrifice of improving their way of life, they fixed that. Now, now the the biggest problem has been fixed. So maybe, you know what? Okay, so because that they deal with oppression and also they deal with technology, as we've mentioned with mm-hmm. Steve Jobs. Um, J-O-B. <laughs> if that's what they are seeking to better, which is like if we consider it as literally an industrial revolution, mm-hmm. then maybe a sequel might mean what does it look like to have a society where it is more modern and like what does the city of oh. it's a bug's life look like also that maybe it's yeah maybe it's uh when you go too far and you and you put too much into technology and yeah and like maybe you know uh maybe it's a little too much wally style but i was gonna just say that yeah hey is wally just the sequel to bug's life <laughs> is it just super far <laughs> in the future <laughs> well John Lasseter, when he pitched the idea of having Pixar as an animation department in Disney, uh, had like a few movies under his belt, and Wall-E was one of them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like that. Even yeah. Even though that, I want to say that movie came out in the mid two thousands or even the twenty tens. Yeah. Um. Even though that came out much later in Pixar's history, he had that movie like basically first up. Like he had that ready to go. That's so crazy. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's dive into a little bit of subtext for what this movie is about. Um, so the story comes from a collection of uh, fables called Aesop's Fables. Uh, it's written by Aesop, who was a slave and storyteller uh, who lived in ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
directly from the grasshopper and ant, which is about a grasshopper that has spent the whole summer dancing and singing while the ant uh, works hard to stock up food for the winter. Then the winter hits and the grasshopper is starving to death and he begs the ant for some food. And the ant refuses to feed him and says, why don't you go have a pirouette for supper? He, uh, he doesn't say that fully, but that's from a song uh, based off the, off the <laughs> story. But um, so it's kind of to like teach kids about the virtues of hard work and the perils of uh, improvidence and, and, and laziness. What do you see Bug's Life being about? Yeah. It's like... I want to, like, try and, like, reel in some, like, how the circus bugs are really, like, on their last dollar and how it's, like... But I do think it's likely just about, like, the grasshoppers being extremely oppressive to the ant culture, like, the ant colony. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, rise up and realizing their own independence, but as a society and as a community. Mm. Um, so, like, in total, like, not just, like, singular individuals which are being um, oppressed, but, like, quite literally this entire community of ants rising up against their oppressors. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably what it's about. But also... Like Flick has his his story that's involved, and it's about his journey to helping them through that. Like he is sort of like the um, catapult that gets them into the situation. He also helps them out, and so it is his journey um, to be realized helping the bugs. And I think that's through technology, because then later you see what were like kind of like the army type bugs. They were mm -hmm. like the tunnel digger um, uh, ants. Pardon me. Um, and they have the, like, the grain yeah. bandsaws, like, on. And then they are, like, they've even figured out another advancement within that thing that Flick had pretty genuinely just, like, it was a grain harvester. And now they're harvesting grains and then aiming them at each other and making fireworks. Like, that's an advancement. Like, that's insane. And you've just figured that out um, through now adopting and accepting this way of life. Yeah. I think if, you know, you brought up the theater bugs. And I think going, this might be, again, too deep, going back to Steve Jobs, I think the theater bugs could be about society not willing to accept big ideas on their mm. face. But if you work in a little theatrics and a little bit of art in the way that Steve Jobs made, uh, made computers really friendly and, like, user-friendly, mm. that... I think the bugs represent that and in a way for the society to uh, take on the, this like new development. Yeah. 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 I would even almost argue only because we're like talking about Steve jobs and the idea of community, uh, pardon me, computers is that then you're like, well, was it like a veil? Like, was that like, is that like wrong? Is that incorrect to have assumed that that is the proper way? But I don't disagree that like, you can't just, shout uh, an idea at someone and say, this is correct. Yeah. Like you can't shout that at, at a society. There has to be a way of it being understood and learned. And if it needs to happen fast, yeah, art is definitely a way for people to uh, quickly understand an idea to its core value through um, whatever art or form that may be. And if that's like, yeah, in this case, it's the theatrics of uh, their like circus bugness. Perfect. And I think, I think it is, 
you know, I think maybe I am reading into it too much or just trying to <laughs> look for, for weird ways to, to interpret it. Um, yeah, I, you brought up kind of sound design about how, how interesting it all, the world is created just through sound. Like, mm -hmm. what I find interesting is that um, I, I watched this really great YouTube video. It's called uh, Gary Rydstrom Explains the Sound Design of Pixar's Bugs Life. Whoa, cool. And uh, it's just the sound designer going through, going through how they built all this stuff from scratch, which is crazy. That, because uh, you can't, like, you can't use any existing sounds for, um, for what there is. Like, you, you can't use the existing sounds of bugs' wings. Yeah, that's a really good, yeah, definitely. The Can one I, yeah. the it helped me really understand is, like, uh, remember Pixar shorts that they came up before the Pixar movies? Or they, they still do. Yeah. It's a Bug's Life was the first one for it to show up there um, in, in a theatrical release. Um, and so it was uh, Jerry's, Jerry's Game. Yep. And the it's the old, the old men with the chess. Yeah. Um, and I watched that pre just to like really get myself into it. Cause that's where I remember the VHS. So I watched that and then I watched the feature that sound design is so bad. And like, it's like, it's like not perfectly rendered and there's like definitely some keyframes missing and it like helps with the comedic effect of how, uh, one of those characters is like quite slow. And then one of the characters is like quite snappy. Um, and the sound design adds to that, except you hear the same like table hand slap four times in a row and it becomes not funny when, when they do it again later where it's like the chess piece yeah. and it's like they hear, and you hear like bam, bam, bam. And it's the same bam. Like that is, that becomes comedic. That becomes like, oh, you're trying to make an emphasis. But when it's like it's either repeated. lazy or they yeah. just didn't get enough like hand table slap, it's awful. Or it so only it was sounds really... one way. Pardon? It could just sound only one way when you slap a table. <laughs> yeah, it can only sound one way and no one hears different. It's me. I don't <laughs> understand what that sounds like. No, but like it was really interesting going from that, which is like um, – just different timeline, I guess, for animation at the time. Yeah. And then going to Bugs Life and being like, oh, it's not about the time that it was produced or made. It was about like the quality that they like uh, sought after. Exactly. What's so beautiful is um, is he kind of talks in the in the little video about how each sound, um, especially like the the Bugs uh, wings flap were all designed mm. to suit their character. So like the grasshoppers, they sound like uh, like motorbikes because they kind of remind you of like a motorcycle gang, which right when I watched it, I was like, oh, we got the, we got the Hells Angels here. This is sick. Whoa, that's cool. And then, uh, and then Dot's wings are like very small and, de and dainty and delicate uh, because they're like fresh. Um, just like her. And then there's the ladybugs, which almost sound like bubbles popping. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then the ladybugs. There's uh there's, there's dims, uh, wing sound just like a helicopter. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And apparently yeah, because when, when later when he saves them, I noticed that when he's like, it's like really the motion for his wings to be in action. It does sound like a hel helicopter. Yeah. And I just love how much detail they, they, uh, they put into, trying to create a world because the, the, they had to everything, you know, they had to make you feel to scale with the world. Now I do have a question. 
Um, this movie was not nominated in the 1999 Sound Editing Academy Awards. Do you think it should have been, and would it have won against the winner, Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have won. Um, but also, I think that sound design animation, as well as but it's a bug's life is thought about has gone so much further Mm -hmm. Um, just because of animation in general. uh, You have to start from scratch. You have to start from absolute zero and you're building up ambience as if it were, you were there in the real world, like filming on location per se. And I have a feeling that because of the time effort budget that is included in like rendering, it's a, it's a bug's life in those early computer generated animation movies, like feature films. um, I'm pretty sure that they took, I want to say it's four years, but it might be two years to 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 fully render a Pixar movie. Whoa! It was like a full two years to just sit there and render, and that's it. Like, and I don't even know if that's in export included. Like, I don't know what how all that breaks down. But it's a yeah. very long time. So if you can imagine thinking about sound as sound is, <laughs> as we know in the feature film and television landscape, is like ah, I'll fix it later. Like, ah, we're gonna worry about that later. Ah. They did a really good job still considering it, but yeah, no, Saving Private Ryan. Um, I don't think it would. I don't think it would beat that out at all. I was just testing. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you imagine if I was like, yeah, fuck Saving Private Ryan. Like it's a bug's life all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I expected. I actually expected you to. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get down to some goofy questions. Uh, Flick's most profitable and valued invention is it the Leaf Telescope? Is it the seed saw harvester? Is it the flying bird for use in either amusement parks or military? Oh, gosh. That's such a, I feel like all, but. uh, The most. He becomes a millionaire either way. But you're saying amusement park and or military? Like, why are you giving me all these options? What are we talking about here? Look, I saw (laughs) the flying bird and I was like, obviously those kids are having a ball. But also it's, it's a military weapon. Now I th- oh I see okay 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 now I, see I think where it could going. be used in both worlds. Okay, yeah. I, I also as the two worlds that exist in the Bugs Life universe, those seem to be the two that are really highlighted. Yeah. Uh, if we're being honest, There's so New York and then the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have uh, telescope bird, and what was the other one? Uh, the the leaf telescope. Oh, uh, the, the seed saw har- harvester. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Honestly, I feel like the uh, the bird is a distractor. Like it's mm-hmm. just a distraction to everyone. The telescope, great invention, nice, nice, nice. That thing's just going to plateau. I have a feeling it's the seed harvester. They already fixed it up into fireworks. Yeah, that's what they were able to do with it. Who knows? That that thing has like more going on as well. It's not just like the propelled motion of itself from a height, which is the bird, and not just like a refraction through uh like a water a dew droplet as they say um so the seed harvester has so much going on that they don't even really explain and it's not simple at all there is like a stone i noticed at the beginning there's a stone in the middle of it it's quite round and it's got a branch through it how long did it take an ant to drive a stick through an actual little rock like that's so long like that out, out of everything definitely army even entertainment fuck like that thing's gonna propel roller coasters like that thing has you going that that is like an engine actually he created an engine out of leaves r- rocks and and sticks that is iron man in the cave creating <laughs> the first suit the mock one <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, great answer. Flick, oh yeah, Flick has it going. He's gonna he's gonna have a suit in no time. Great answer. Okay, uh, this is something. This isn't really a question. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Cars, two thousand six. There is a drive-in theater that's playing car versions of Pixar movies. Bugs Life being one of them. Flick is a car version. Okay. Then in Toy Story 2, Flick makes a cameo walking on a branch in a scene with Buzz Lightyear. And when Buzz is walking through the toy store, there are toys on the shelves of A Bug's Life. And in A Bug's Life, it's shown in the bloopers that the film crew are bugs. So... (laughs) The bugs would have had to produce a movie in a world inhabited by humans that was big enough to warrant toys. Yeah. What's happening in this world? (laughs) Yeah, the end bloopers really, like, kick it off because I think that's the first time that it's seen. I don't think they did that with Toy Story 1. They did it with Toy Story 2 later, like the blooper reel that you're talking Mm -hmm. about where we see that we have, like, bugs. We also see Woody... He does. He Woody does like a slate in it somewhere. Um, so they're comp- they're in the same studio, probably. <laughs> they're in the same <laughs> studio. To quickly, small tangent. As a child, that boggled my mind. The reality of like oh, what was it. real and what was fake. Like I was like, oh my god, are the bugs making a movie? Because it's like genuine and it's like such real outtakes. Like you have Princess Ada over like doing the same thing over and over and over, and she laughs, and you're like. Well, that seems plausible. Like, that's real. So, like, I was like, Even more excuse on, me? You see, <laughs> this is the boom up is a cricket. <laughs> it's true. A minute. Like, the, yeah, you're right. There are, like, actual bugs, like, I guess on the film crew. Yeah, I haven't considered how toys interact in that world where then all of a sudden it is, oh, like, like, bugs now and sentient toys are what interacting. What happens if Flick meets Toy Flick? Oh, yeah, true. Oh, yeah, because they're all, I was like, I don't know. They made it up, but they don't. Because in the world of that, they're all real. You're right. Um, shit. This, it, I don't know how to make any concrete choices, but this is like, um, you ever know you write movies in your head and then it turns out they're already, they already exist. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Good, good idea. And you probably went further with it than I would have. That's the worst. That um, pisses me off so much when that happens. <laughs> Well, I don't know, like I was in high school and I came up with like, what if every single narratively written character ever existed all in the same universe and they actually, once you wrote it down, it existed. Oh, I love that. And that already exists. It's the same guy who wrote Swamp Thing. Uh, I Hmm. forget his name. Uh, He's got- Alan Moore. Alan Moore has already like almost this like manifesto on the concept that every written character already exists and they are in the same universe together. And that would be series- uh, League of of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Maybe? Because that's about all literary figures who uh, kind of create a suicide squad. <laughs> that might be it. That might be it. I think me, I was just like, what could happen if Sherlock Holmes and Flick yep. the, from, the, from the Cars universe existed? I like the idea. <laughs> I've actually, I, I, I wrote a couple pages of like fan <laughs> fiction, which is what if you, what if everyone gets to create their suicide squad or like their dirty dozen of literary figures? And so mine was like, uh, yeah, mine was like, uh, the werewolf from American werewolf in London. 
you had uh, Jack and Tyler Durden as um, as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You had uh, you had the creature from um, Shape of Water as the as the creature from the deep. So I, I guess it was me trying to make like a uh, the Universal monsters out of movies that they've inspired since into a Suicide yeah. Squad. It's a big quadruple reference. That's great though, especially how like I think um, as we we're saying, like sort of like the shorthand of referential humor is like the kind of people that maybe you gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Being able to be like, this is my Suicide Squad, yeah. and you're like, oh shit! Like I know, like six out of seven. Like tell me about the rest. Like go on, go on. Like you, you go ahead. Yeah. Um, for maybe like the. Can we get into like sort of the Pixar universe at this point? I feel like this is a good like. Okay. <laughs> Let's jump in. I try to keep these episodes as long as the movie. Oh, okay. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> but but hey, hey you you what do you want to say about it? Well, just like there's the Pixar universe. Have you seen like Toy Story two, where Jessie, um, her sort of like uh, the trauma of her toy past mm. is that she was left in a box under a tree. That's the tree in It's a Bug's Life. Yeah, it's the same thing. And so then, is that just a filming location? <laughs> oh that no that's is so in true bucks life did they shoot it super indie like clerks or they're just shooting it in their small town <gasps> oh no you're so right uh yeah that's a really good point hey let's you let's do another pixar movie when you come back and we can even get deeper into it that's a good point yeah because i think that's a that's a wormhole um all right i want to jump a little bit into uh the toys that were made f- for this movie did you have any toys I didn't. I didn't have any Bugs Life toys. Wow. I feel like Toy Story really took over the market, and I had a lot of those. Yep. So there is a uh, Bugs Life video game for uh, PlayStation. Oh, and N64, brother. I nice. have it. <laughs> nice. Solid. <laughs> Solid. So, uh, yeah, Flick would, like, throw these red berries as his weapon, and then you could plant seeds to get better berries. Yeah, it sounds like um, you know how to play it. Have you ever tried to play it through trial and error? Nope. Yeah, uh, it sounds, uh, you make it sound real easy. It's not. Um, it's so bad. The mapping in the game doesn't make any sense. So, like, the, the spatial awareness of, like, the mapping of each character doesn't make any sense. So, all of a sudden, you'll just be walking along. Try- it starts, the, the video game starts with Princess Ada being like, we're under attack! And then that's it. That's the cutscene. And <laughs> then it's just Flick running through, and there's, like, berries falling, and there's, like, water, but it's, like, the daytime, and then you're just, like, running, and you're trying to get berries and nuts, as you're saying, and just, like, do stuff. And you try to jump, but you can't jump tall. It's awful. It's an awful <laughs> game. It was made too fast. It makes Horrible. sense, because I think there's three other consoles that dropped out. it is in my research i think sega was was one of them uh there's this kind of game called uh battle bird uh where you can build a uh i I guess it's like a little toy bird that uh is supposed to be the one from the movie it looks nothing like the one from the movie which is really disappointing and it shoots cherry bomb darts Mm. which is not i don't know I, i don't like when they make toys that aren't like they are in the movie yeah, I agree. That I think that then Toy Story is like an A plus for you. <laughs> it's so perfect. You can get Buzz Lightyear. It, it's the best. Yeah, I love that. I had a Buzz Lightyear when I was a kid, and I, mm. I it was my favorite. Um, Hell yeah! Now this one's a little more and not safe for work. I don't know what the what the acronym is for that. 
NSFW. Um, mm. Okay, made by a private contractor. Sold on eBay for $2,000. Doll hairs. Hamelish sex toy. Yep. Fleshlight. <laughs> his, the entrance uh, where your business takes place is his mouth. Ooh. <laughs> and it's painted to look like the beloved caterpillar himself. Yeah, I don't know if I. Uh... <laughs> we, I, I don't want to go too deep into it, literally. But I don't want to go too deep into it on the <laughs> podcast. If you want to know what this looks like, just Google uh, "Bugs Life Fleshlight." I guess. I guess, yeah. It is um, disturbing. Strange to know that uh, they thought it would be a funny joke. Like, I think like that maybe there's like some some culture of sort of like, haha, this will be funny. Oh, so it's a serious move. I hope not. $2,000 is a lot of money for a joke. Yeah, but that's $2,000 aftermarket on eBay, though. No, like someone made it. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Commissioned it. Was like, yeah, you want me to keep this secret? This can't go in my portfolio? 2000 bucks. Yeah, like it wasn't It wasn't Pixar <laughs> trying to team up with Fleshlight to create a product. It was mm -hmm. some dude in his, in, his, in his garage pouring resin into a mold. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, now that we've reached the end of the show, would you show this movie to a kid in 2020? Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. It's such it's a perfect. Good movie. It's so good. It hasn't. I've re people. I'm going to get fire for this. I rewatched the Incredibles re recently mm. and the animation hasn't aged the hasn't aged the best. Okay. Yeah. It had a smaller budget. Than, uh, than A Bug's Life, but it's it's kind of hard to watch, especially because you see humans with hair, so you understand what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. But this movie, you're dealing with bugs. Um, mm -hmm. They stay, they play safe in what they can do, and it looks looks great. It doesn't look like it's aged. Bug's Life is good. There's like even, I mean, maybe it's because they're bugs. Um, the way that they computer generated a lot of the crowds as they like created an algorithm that would randomize a lot of the features of a lot of the ants because there had to be ants and they didn't want to like create all of them so they literally were just like cheeks freckles uh, eye color height size like etc and then would randomize the crowd like wow. just through a computer and it was the first time that that had been done so it, they think there's like a lot of ways that they um i guess at, at that time cheated mm -hmm. or you know just yeah it's just smart, really. Yeah, it is. It's, I, don't, I don't think that counts as cheating. I think that's just really good. Um, is there a recent movie that you would that you've watched that would have been your favorite movie if you were a kid today? Oh gosh, probably not. Cause probably wouldn't have been allowed to watch it. <laughs> what what uh, was there one if you were if you watched a, a, like a sleepover? Oh gosh, I don't think that. I mean. My taste is definitely matured, and I also think kids' content as of recent has gone down the drain. That is my opinion as of growing up as like a 90s, early 2000s kid, where I'm going to be real. Kids' content, that's at its it peak. I, it, I think really was at its peak, so I don't think that there is something that I would recommend to Kid Hope uh, that could really outdo it or that I would have that would have been like plausible in that timeline. Because like 
man, I don't know if you know about it. I think it was really swept under the rug, but it was like basically uh, a dinosaur Pixar movie that flopped. Yeah, awful. is that the little dinosaur? So bad. It was oh, did so you watch horrible. it? Yeah, I watched it in theaters, really being like, nice, nice, because it was supposed to do is tie in uh, the, the dinosaur theme that had like the, the icon of uh, Dynamo, the, mm-hmm. a brand that happens in, in the Pixar movies. Oh. Yeah. And so, because it, it's the idea that like those are the fossil fuels. And so then you learn who the dinosaur is, like, way in, yeah, uh, no, it's awful. It's bad. It's a bad movie. Hey, so that's an anti recommend. There we go. That's an, I do not recommend this movie. Don't watch it. Don't show uh, that to a kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, where can uh, where can the audience find you, Hope? Uh, I have an Instagram. It's a uh, Hope Hatchling. Uh, so you can find me on there. Take a look at some photos. I travel. I post a lot of my stories. You know, come hang out. Come talk about it's a bug's life. <laughs> and that is H O P E H A T C. Help me out here. H L I N G. Nice. <laughs> I'm at uh, Willa Mosland on Instagram. Hope. Uh, one last thing. I do know that you make a terrific uh fully sound of the ants running can i please can you share it with the audience and with us mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think i think it is the ladybugs uh i think you've corrected my feeling about it but it is one of the bug sounds and it's uh i was wrong that is the ladybugs yeah and it is Perfect. It's spot on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've had a lot a lot of time to perfect it. If you're making a ladybug themed Pixar movie, get Hope Hatch in there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hope, for joining us. You are a great guest. You came with a canon full of knowledge and opinions and hilarity. You are great. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. We can't wait to have you back if you'll have us. Hey, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm.